Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As Drew Die Allen. Conservative. I to this guy for wisdom. And we're back. Welcome to the Drew Allen Show. This is Drew Allen, your millennial minister of truth. Captain, did you watch the Super Bowl? You didn't watch it? I kind of I kind of like that. I saw that it was the most watched TV event in mankind's history. So a lot of eyeballs were glued to it. And I live in Northern California, of course, up in the Napa Valley. And so I didn't have, you know, anybody that I really cared about. I really did want Kansas City to win. Uh, you know, I, I guess I'm a Cowboys fan. I grew up in Dallas. Uh, and it was a relatively boring game until the very end there. And I was a little heartbroken for the 49ers fans. You know, I got a lot of friends out here, obviously, that are Niners fans. And uh, as a Cowboys fan, I certainly know how it feels. And I did. You know, I'm not going to blow this up because, look, it, it's too big of a media story, the Taylor Swift and uh, Kelsey thing. I know that Kelsey went over to the sideline and basically <laughs> assaulted his coach at one point. He was upset. He got taken out of a play. Um, you know, poor sportsmanship, things like that. I, I, I just, I gotta be at one thing I think about captain with a Taylor Swift thing. And we're going to get into stuff. I want to get into Robert Hur, who I like to call Ben Hur on accident all the time. I probably will today, but I want to get into the implications of Joe Biden, what this means for him and push back against this argument that many are making that it's a plan for the Democrats to replace Joe Biden. I actually don't think that's true, but you know, the whole Taylor Swift thing, uh, you know, our response to it kind of feeds the beast to some extent. I'm so sick of it, too, honestly. I, I don't watch the Super Bowl to see Taylor Swift and her friends, the cabal of, you know, elite celebrities that are just magically friends with each other because they think they're on the same, in the same stratosphere of popularity. But there's something to be said about not turning this 2024 election for the young and dumb amongst us into a referendum on Taylor Swift. So I just don't think it's a brilliant strategy, in my personal humble opinion, to go all in on attacking Taylor Swift, to go all in on... Uh, whether, she, you know, this argument, she's a, it's a psyop and they're building her. Certainly the Democrats are using Taylor Swift to get to young people, but they're smart. Why don't we do things like that, Captain? Because, I mean, these are effective things. And so we're sitting here fighting, attacking Taylor Swift. But I'm telling you, there are millions of stupid young people in this country who wouldn't vote in 2024 about Trump or Biden, but they will vote if it's about supporting Taylor Swift. I'm serious. You may think I'm I'm joking or I'm a, I'm cra- I'm not. There are people in this country that are stupid and young who would vote in 2024 if it meant supporting Taylor Swift. And I'm just saying, you know, I I don't think that she's going to be the difference maker per se in 2024. I don't think she can overcome it. But I just think strategically, it's really stupid to. Hark on this Taylor Swift thing all day, every day. I mean, I, hopefully we can just move past it now that the Super Bowl's done. 
But that that's my two cents on it. I look at this and just say, eh, you know, this is one of those things that we don't really need to turn into something because it doesn't help us. It doesn't help us. Remember, not everyone is as smart as you. That's true. Well, I haven't gotten a chance to weigh into this, and I am very excited to do it today, about the special counsel, Robert Herr, who put in writing what we all know. And that is that Joe Biden is an elderly man with poor memory. And the, 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 the media, I don't know if you've watched, if you've seen their response or read about their response, but the Democrats are apoplectic over this report. And this reminds me, Captain, of Comey exonerating Hillary Clinton. It's very similar. Now, I'm not, I, I'm not saying, my, my point in this isn't that Robert Herr is a deep state actor like Comey. But my comparison is both exonerated criminals. Hillary Clinton had broken the law in so many ways, destroying evidence, in addition to the fact that she broke federal law when she had the private server at her home. And, and what happened with James Comey? James Comey said, basically, if it were someone else, we'd probably recommend charges, but it's Hillary Clinton and we're not going to recommend charges. So she's off the hook. And Democrats still think that that's what did her in in 2016. So they have PTSD now that Robert Herr has come out. And, and what did he say? He said, yeah, look, basically... Yeah, this was a this was a crime and so on and so forth. He was vice president. And he had all these documents. And then he has to justify why he's not recommending charges because Joe Biden did break the law. That is an objective fact. But in 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 justifying not recommending any charges to the DOJ, he has to give a reason. And that reason is basically any jury in America would find Joe Biden so mentally deficient that he couldn't possibly stand trial. So I do want to read a couple of things from this. Now, Robert Herr was pretty nice, in my opinion, because he described the fake President Biden in a little bit, stick with me, they stole the 2020 election. I've said it before, now we have more mounting evidence that they stole it. All of this damage to the country is because Republicans were cowards and the Democrats used January 6th to force Republicans to bend the knee. That's why we have this fake president in the Oval Office. So anyway, Robert Herr described President Biden as sympathetic, well-meaning, elderly man with a poor memory. Sympathetic and well-meaning. Hmm, my goodness. I guess he was sympathetic and well-meaning, Captain when he showered inappropriately with his daughter. I guess that was sympathetic and well-meaning. Although he wasn't an elderly man back then, of course, with a poor memory. So anyway, he said he would bring no criminal charges against the president after this. I think it was a 15-months-long investigation, by the way, over his improper retention of classified documents. And look, these records that were in Biden's possession. They, these classified documents, they, they included 
documents about military and foreign policy in Afghanistan. Other records related to national security and foreign policy, which implicated sensitive intelligence sources and methods. And it's pretty damning, though, because Robert Herr points out just objective things that tell you there's something very wrong with this person's mind or mental capacity at this point. He did not remember, even within several years, Robert Herr writes in the report, when his son, Bo, died. Uh, And his memory appeared hazy when describing the Afghanistan debate that was once so important to him. Among other things, he mistakenly said he had a real difference of opinion with General Carl Eikenberry, when in fact Eikenberry was an ally whom Mr. Iden cited approvingly in his Thanksgiving memo to President Obama. But not remembering when his son Bo died, and, and notice he points out even within several years, that's not normal, even if you're older. Um, I'm going to point this out because I heard the despicable Morning Joe, Joe Scarborough, uh, talk about how maybe he couldn't remember when his own mother died or something like that. Just nutty, by the way. Hey, I want to explain something. This is about more of the hypocrisy and how the media just shapes our opinions. Now, firstly, when Obama was president, the reason I'm leading with this is because what I was about to tell you is that Joe Biden religiously watches Morning Joe. That is the show he watches every morning. Do you remember how they attacked Trump, Captain? Because Trump would watch Fox News? Well, Joe Biden watches Morning Joe. But hey, that is good because I I wondered who was keeping Morning Joe on the air. And now we know that his entire audience works in the White House. I don't know anybody that watches Morning Joe, but apparently there are a lot of staffers in the White House and there's Joe Biden. And so uh, this is the official morning show of the Biden imposter White House. But also you'll remember during the Biden, I mean, during the Obama administration, that the left relentlessly, religiously attacked, obviously, uh, uh, Rush Limbaugh. They've always attacked Rush Limbaugh and for him having, you know, influence in the party and people listening to him on Capitol Hill. Same thing with Trump, obviously before Rush, God rest his soul, passed away. But do you see how this is? I mean, the media doesn't have any qualms just coming out and attacking people for things that have no reason to attack. I I honestly don't care that he watches Morning Joe. I mean, I I, I doubt that he can make it through that. It's like on it, like 7 a.m. in the morning. I know old people get up early, but, you know, from what I understand, he's probably still wandering the hallways na- buck naked from what, you know, word on the on the hill is. So anyway, um, so it's just damning stuff. But what's crazy is, and I'm going to play a couple things. I mean, the left is just trying to defend this. And, you know, it, it, it it's hilarious because one of the defenses is that Robert Herr, well, he's not... <laughs> He's not a doctor, Captain. If he's not a doctor, he can't possibly observe that Joe Biden is in mental decline. 
You gotta be a biologist to know the difference between a man and a woman, and you've gotta be a doctor. Except Joe Biden's doctor, apparently, will not give Joe Biden a cognitive exam. You realize this, right? He gets the physical every year, but they don't do a cognitive exam. And so, I mean, it's very smart on their part because they just don't have to address it. They can make up excuses about his little kind of limp gait thing with his walk. They can talk about his blood pressure and try and uh, convince people that he's healthy. But if they had a cognitive exam, you know he couldn't pass it, right? Zero chance that Joe Biden could pass a cognitive exam. And so they just won't give him one. And actually, I've got a clip in a minute. Kareem Jean-Pierre was asked about this at a press conference after Joe Biden gave that disastrous press conference in the aftermath of this Robert Hur report. And she just says, yeah, no, no, we're not going to give him a cognitive exam. I'll, I'll play the clip in a second. But, but the, the left is, 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 is in shock by this because it's the first time, really, somebody that was in a position to actually analyze Joe Biden in an official capacity put in writing what we all know. And the way this administration works as a propaganda machine is if it's not said, then it's not true. If they don't acknowledge it, it didn't happen. So we know that Joe Biden is not mentally fit to be president, but you haven't heard Corrine Jean-Pierre say, yes, he isn't mentally fit. So until Corrine Jean-Pierre, someone else says what we all observe to be true, well, then it's not true. This is the upside down world that we're living in. Go ahead and cue up cut one, Captain. I want you to hear Corrine Jean-Pierre when asked about a cognitive exam in this, I mean, they just, they do not care, Captain. They do not care. They just middle finger to the American people every single day. All right, play cut one, Captain. Does the White House think that the, the idea of the president taking a cognition test, a cognitive test, as a part of this uh, physical, is a legitimate idea, particularly just on the heels of the special counsel report, more polling, as my colleague Selena just mentioned, showing that many American people have concerns about that. Look, I got this question last week as well, and I'm just going to say what the what uh, Dr. O'Connor is kind of a uh, what he said to me about a year ago uh, when the report came out last year, uh, obviously on his physical, uh, which is the president proves every day how he operates, how he thinks, right? But by dealing with world leaders, by making really difficult decisions on behalf of the, the American people, whether it's domestic, whether it's national security. And so he shows it every day on how he thinks, how he operates. Uh, and so that is how, uh, that is how the Dr. O'Connor sees it. And that's how I'm going to leave it. Yes, that is the problem, Corrine. That's the problem, Biden administration, that he does show us how he thinks and acts and operates. That's the problem. We see that he can't think, can't act, can't operate. It's just remarkable that they sit here and say this and that you really don't get more pushback from the media, I guess isn't a surprise to some extent because most of them are in the tank. But she talks about his doctor, right? His doctor, scumbag, uh, what's his name? Uh, Kevin, Kevin. But here, you know, it, it was a year ago. See, he's due for a physical right now. Basically, every February, he does his physical exam. And so it's February, and we're waiting on this now. But last February, I would remind you that his doctor, the one she mentions there, said that Biden at 80 is healthy. He's fit for duty. 
the doctor said after the I'll read this to you. This is from last year. And this is what we're going to hear again this year. You think it's going to be any different? Doctors declared U.S. President Joe Biden 80 healthy and fit for duty on Thursday, last year in February, on a Thursday, after a physical examination that included removing a lesion from his, I don't know, I can't, I don't know what, don't barf in your cars, okay? Don't barf, you know, doing whatever you're doing. That's like the lesions on this decrepit, rotting corpse of a body. Anyway, the president remains fit for duty and fully executes all of his responsibilities without any exemptions or accommodations. White House physician there is Kevin O'Connor said in a summary of the health. Oh, yes, indeed, Captain. Don't you see it every time you look at Joe Biden? You just think this is a man who fully executes all of his response. If his responsibilities only included vacationing and laying on a beach chair at one of his vacation homes, yes, I would say that he's executing his responsibilities and duties with an A plus score. Nobody knows how to vacation like Joe Biden. I will tell you that right now. Nobody vacations like this guy. Nobody vacations more than this guy. And uh, here we go, right? So this is from the report. The summary last February made no mention of whether Biden underwent any cognitive tests sometimes given to people of his age. Asked a year ago, about the concerns over Biden's age a year ago at 80, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre, don't forget, she's black and gay. Remember, that's important. Karine Jean-Pierre told reporters, this is a president that works day in and day out, you know, in a grueling fashion with a grueling schedule and delivers. That's true. Nobody delivers for the Chinese Communist Party. Nobody delivers for the Taliban. Nobody delivers for the Iranians and America's enemies around the world more than Joe Biden. Joe Biden's the greatest friend to America's enemies in our history, and he's the greatest threat to America in our history. That's Joe Biden. But Joe Biden, of course, with a footnote every time, we have to acknowledge what? He's not doing a darn thing. This guy doesn't know what's going on. He's not running anything. He's not actually making any decisions. He is a complete puppet, and he's owned by the Biden people, the Obama people, including Obama himself. This has been out there more and more. Now, a lot of people think that they're looking to throw him under the bus, that it's finally time for Obama to trade him in for someone else. And that makes sense if you think like a rational human being, which all of us are. But these aren't rational people. And I'm telling you that their plan is not to swap out Joe Biden. What I'm going to tell you, which is an affront to all of the common wisdom out there being spouted everywhere that they're going to sub him, they're they're about to take him out. They're going to, it's going to be Michelle Obama. The Democrats, this is going to shock you, right? Everyone thinks what, Captain? And sometimes it's true. The Democrats, strategically, they're brilliant. They're always thinking about things. They're always scheming. They always have a plan. Guess what? The Democrats do not have a plan B. Joe Biden is their plan A, he's their plan B, and he's their plan C still. Now, I will give you evidence to back that up because I I feel it's incumbent upon me not to just say something like that because I am in a minority in making this point. One thing to point out, while it's obvious that Joe Biden's states mental, physical, has worsened since 2020, 
It was bad enough in 2020 that we were saying, what, even then? How can they run this guy? He can't run a campaign. They're hiding him in the basement. He, he's not mentally or physically fit for office, right? Didn't we say this in 2020, Captain? Has the argument changed? No, we said the same thing. Could anyone comprehend why they would run Joe Biden back then? I mean, you could say the same thing today. Well, they didn't have a deep bench. Who else would it be? Were they going to do Clinton again? No. But they decided on Biden. I need to point something else out. I had this thought, Captain. And I don't know if it's brilliant, but it was a little bit eye-opening for me. Joe Biden has been the most effective destroyer of America's economy, national security, border, culture. The most effective destroyer of America in our history. More destructive than Obama, more destructive than any president in our history. And you might recall that most of the crimes Joe Biden has committed with the classified documents, with the bribery scheme in Ukraine, it happened when? It happened during the Obama administration, when he was vice president. Now, while we have mainly been focused on the fact that Joe Biden is a compromised president as it relates to our foreign enemies, he's also compromised, more importantly, by being beholden to those protecting him, which would be the Obama people. What we've been focusing on all this time is about how China is influencing him or someone who paid him off was influencing him. But really, who's he beholden to? The DOJ, to Obama. So it's not actually, the, 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 the problem is less that he's in China's pocket, but that he's in the pocket of the deep state, Obama, and those people that are Marxists in this country. So they're protecting him. They're preventing anything from happening to him or his son. And that makes him a perfect puppet for the Obama folks. And it explains a lot. And Democrats could have offloaded Biden in the past. Now, the time to have done it would have been before the primaries. Now, you have to understand that the only way at this point that Biden is not the nominee is if he dies or if he announces that he's not, he's going to take himself out of the race. And the only way the Democrats can replace him would be in August at the convention. They could vote and nominate someone else, but it would require uh, Joe Biden to drop out himself. Now, look, don't just take my word for it. On November 30th of 2023, I have an article with a headline, Democrats have no Biden backup plan for 2024 despite age concerns. I think this was in Politico, but it was a left-wing uh, article written by a guy named Jeff Mason. 
And November 30th, this is Reuters that's actually putting this out, Reuters. The Democratic Party has no plan B if President Joe Biden decided for any reason to halt his 2024 re-election campaign. And a sudden need to replace him as its standard bearer would spark a messy intra-party battle. Despite weak poll numbers and questions, including from some Democrats about his age, Biden is stuck to his plan to seek a second term after clearing the field of serious Democratic primary challengers. Now, remember, Democrats as a party decided to alter their own primary. Normally, you have New Hampshire starting things off, I believe. The Democrats changed it unilaterally so that South Carolina was the first Democrat primary. Why did they do that? They did that because in 2020, South Carolina is what saved Joe Biden's AWS. He won the South Carolina primary in 2020. And so they knew that South Carolina was a state that he could win easily, handily. And they moved at first because they didn't want there to be any momentum building to replace Joe Biden. You don't have to understand it because it's counterintuitive. But they love Joe Biden because of how they're able to control him. They're not able to control anyone else. And when you factor in the fact that they didn't win fair and square in 2020 either, it's not about the election results and who's the great candidate. I mean, they don't have really anybody else to run. That is true. Joe Biden is the best that the Democrats have. What are they going to do? Swap him out with Kamala Harris? And a lot of people fear Michelle Obama. I don't. She's got no experience whatsoever. They're very scared. She's not tested. They don't know what kind of politician she would be. Even if they, they swapped her in in August and there was limited time to vet her. She's not a good campaigner. She's not a politician. And frankly, Michelle Obama, as everyone will tell you, does not want to be president. She has no desire to be president. So let me, let me read you this. Here's an opinion piece. And look, I've read all the opinion pieces from my own colleagues that are saying it's going to be Michelle or the Obamas are finally pulling the rug out from Joe. And that's just, it's not happening. That's not what's happening. Here's an opinion piece from a Democrat. The Republican fantasy that Democrats will replace Joe Biden. No, it starts, Michelle Obama is not going to be the nominee. And it goes on, it talks about many things. In 2024, in a 2024 presidential race with many imponderables, things we don't know, all we can know for sure is that Joe Biden won't be the Democratic nominee. That, at least, is what many Republicans actually believe or state publicly. So he goes on to say uh, one of the other versions that's out there is that had Democrats planning to get Biden off the ballot all along and simply are biding their time until they pull the trigger. He says this has never made any sense. He acknowledges the author of this. You know, Biden has all these flubs. Things aren't looking good that it fuels more speculation about these imponderables. But he says a few things here. Even if Democrats were to decide Biden is unsuitable, there's no easy way to leverage an incumbent president out of office. Now, I've said this for a long time. I have pointed out that it's not an easy thing to just 
pull out an incumbent president and swap in someone else in an effective manner. Uh, A high-powered Democratic delegation could sit down with Biden in the White House and say for the good of the country and the party he has to step aside, and he'd likely just say, no, make me. How would they make him? For Biden not to run requires Biden deciding on his own not to run. If that was going to be the call, he needed to make it last year to give the alternatives the chance to mount primary campaigns. It's too little too late. Uh, It's worth remembering, he writes, by the way, that the last person on the planet who is going to come to the conclusion that Joe Biden isn't capable of being president any longer is Joe Biden. Let's assume, he says, nonetheless, for the sake of argument, that Biden is willing to go along with a plan that would involve his dropping out and Democrats holding an open convention after he's been racking up delegates against token opposition for months. Who would the alternative be? Kamala Harris has lower ratings than Biden. Gavin Newsom? He's looking good on paper and on TV, but is completely untested. As for Michelle Obama, she's highly popular among Democrats, a major cultural figure and a talented communicator. So anyway, uh, he rules it out completely. I'm going to stand up for a second, Captain. I need to make some noise. I don't know. I guess I have sunlight coming in that's making me look like some ghost, some some phantom thing here, which is crazy. Here I go. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, blah, blah, blah. All right. I'm here. I'm here. What a nightmare, man. Not having a legit... I'm jealous of these... These rich podcasters out there, the Bonginos that have their amazing studios and whatever else. We'll get there. They don't have to stand up in the middle of their shows, Captain, and close the shades, the blinds. The funny thing is nobody, I mean, I, I never even announced, you know, that you can watch this show on Rumble. I have a Rumble channel, the Drew Allen Show. And uh, I don't know, like 70 people watch this thing. I actually have thousands that listen. So I understand based on whatever data you can get, whether it's accurate or not. So there are quite a few people in the audience, but no, nobody really watches this show. Uh, but I also haven't, haven't pointed it out. But anyway, you can watch this show on Rumble, and you can watch me stand up and shut my blinds in the middle of the show. But th- those listening are thinking like, why is he doing this? I don't even watch. You have this show is on Rumble? What are you talking about? Anyway, um, you know, go, go ahead and play cue up cut two, Captain. And we'll finish up with the Robert Hur stuff soon. But play cut two. Here's Kareem Jean-Pierre. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut this. Watch me, Captain, because I'm going to cut this uh, pretty early. It's a longer clip. I don't want to play the whole thing. But here, here's Kareem Jean-Pierre talking about the Robert Hur stuff again. Go ahead. Uh, doctor, when can we talk to the president's doctor? And how come he hasn't been, or they haven't been asked to come out here and talk with us, given the, the Hur report that challenges the president's mental fitness? So, look, uh, you know, just to speak to... Uh, the her report really really quickly uh special counsel of her is, is as far as i remember is a is a uh, obviously a, re- a republican a a a uh a prosecutor he's not a, he's not a medical doctor he's just not it's not for him to speak to it's just not 
And uh, and you've heard from uh, over over the past couple of days since the report has been out, uh, you've heard from legal experts from across the ideological spectrum, even uh, in a former attorney general. And he says, and they have come out to say that the stuff in this report uh, that is capturing all of your attention right now is just wrong. It's flatly wrong. It is inappropriate. It is gratuitous. Oh, this is inappropriate. Now, we had a $32 million Robert Mueller investigation into Trump-Russia collusion, which wasn't even true or real. And they didn't even look for Trump-Russia collusion. They used that as a device, a disguise, to look into his taxes, to look into everything in his entire history legally, to go after his friends and acquaintances and anybody who ever knew him. Same thing with insurrection. Text message exchanges, anything to embarrass, humiliate, They use these fraudulent investigations in Congress to subpoena people like Peter Navarro, who had nothing to do with anything on January 6th. And now they're going to put Peter Navarro in jail for defying a congressional subpoena. I mean, it's just remarkable to listen to these people like Karine Jean-Pierre dismissing this. Well, he's a Republican. Okay. Okay. Well, the Democrats are upending all norms, by the way, and violating and shredding our Constitution by prosecuting Donald Trump in the most partisan fashion we've seen in our history. But, oh, it's off limits. Robert Hur can't comment on his mental capacity. I just think it's crazy. You know, Captain, in another life, I was an actor. And I did theater and I did film and some TV. But I was always a student of acting. I loved the art and the craft, if you will. So I took acting classes forever. And some of you may be familiar with this. It's not just strictly us actors that use it, but we use it pretty regularly. Is a phrase called suspension of disbelief. So anytime you watch a live theater performance... Anytime you watch a movie or TV show, you are using, utilizing something called suspension of disbelief. You know that when you watch Yellowstone, that Kevin Costner is playing a part. You know that when they shoot somebody, they're not actually dying on screen. When something very sad happens and a character you love dies or whatever is part of the storyline, and you cry as you watch the TV, you know it's not real. But for the sake of enjoying the story, you suspend your disbelief. And that's perfectly fine as it relates to fiction, reading a book, Harry Potter. We know Harry Potter is not a wizard. We know they're not flying on broomsticks playing Quidditch. We know that's made up. It's a fantasy. But we are enthralled by these stories. And we allow our minds to eliminate any kind of criticism, any kind of skepticism, so that we can enjoy it. It's cathartic. But what we have in America is people insanely applying suspension of disbelief to reality, not fiction. So... We know that Joe Biden 
is not president. We know that Joe Biden is not mentally fit to hold office. We've known this since 2020. We've also known that they stole the 2020 election. We've seen the evidence. We've seen the mail-in ballots, how they've been stuffed. We know how they did all this. And yet since 2020, many Americans, including us, you, me sometimes, have suspended our disbelief to convince ourselves that that which is real is not. It's like the reverse. It's crazy. And so you have this narrative out there. Oh, yes, Joe Biden is hell. It's like you're watching a movie. And this is the problem, Captain. I think a lot of Americans think they're watching a movie, a movie about the annihilation of America. It's not a movie. It's not fiction. When 13 U.S. service members died in a suicide bombing in Afghanistan. It was not a fictional movie when we saw the Taliban parading our arms and munitions and Black Hawk helicopters as a middle finger to America. That happened. We just had two or three other service members die overseas in the Middle East. We had two Navy SEALs who died on a mission. They actually died. The border, what you see there, the human trafficking that's going on, the violence, the shooting at the Joel Osteen Church in Houston recently, just a couple days ago or yesterday or whenever it was, that happened. The trans killer in Nashville that was radicalized by Democrat Party talking points to go in and murder Christian students and teachers, that wasn't fiction. That happened. This country's on fire, and people need to stop suspending their disbelief to believe that it's otherwise, to believe that things are good, the economy's going well, that we're safe, that Joe Biden can run the country, that a cabal's not running this country. So knock it off. I'm probably preaching to the choir, but nonetheless, I mean, I just, this is what I think of. It's like, my goodness, wake up. Stop suspending disbelief. Things are worse. Worse than even the most negative person to discuss the events in this country are. It's horrendous. But go ahead and queue up cut three. Here's Saki. Saki lying. Here's her take on Robert Herr talking to uh, Biden's personal counsel. Go ahead and play this cut. You know, one of the points that you've made and, and other legal minds have said about this report is that it kind of goes, of course, outside of the scope of norms. It, it goes, it, his reporting and who he talked to went outside of what would be normal, even for a special counsel. Do you think that should be investigated or looked into? Because the judicial system, the judiciary is kind of in a, 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 not, a not a positive view necessarily by the American public at this point. Well, in the role that I have, all I can do is point it out, which is you had an investigation that ran for 15 months, which could have been concluded in just a few months. There was never any question that the president had not engaged in criminal wrongdoing. He was the self-reporting party here. He had turned the documents over upon discovery, cooperated in every respect. And yet somehow in this report, uh, the special counsel felt compelled to engage in this irrelevant, unfounded, and often pejorative commentary. And I think it's clear that uh, that commentary is inconsistent with department norms. And let me just make one point. I want to stress it. The special counsel 
is bound by the norms and policies of the department like any other prosecutor. The special counsel regulations provide that he is bound by those norms and policies. He doesn't have an exemption from them. There's some view that perhaps because he's a special counsel, he didn't have to observe them. And that is simply not correct. By the terms of the rules, he is to comply with those norms and policies, and he didn't. <clears throat> Many things to address there. You realize that Jen Psaki was hired by MSNBC after leaving the Biden administration for the express purpose of being a propagandist for the administration. Now, I want you to understand that we learned that Joe Biden took more classified documents than they even admitted to us before in violation of the law when he was vice president. And in this report, it was confirmed also that Joe Biden is not mentally fit to hold office because he's not mentally fit to hold trial. And what's the bombshell? The bombshell is that he criminally took classified documents and he's not mentally fit to serve office. And yet, what is their conclusion? That Robert Herr did something wrong. That this violates norms. And the Democrats have no one to blame but themselves. They're the ones who raided Mar-a-Lago. They're the ones who sent the FBI in to raid Mar-a-Lago and take classified documents. They're the ones that initiated all of this and forced themselves to have to apply also a special counsel to Joe Biden. But notice the difference here. Joe Biden is being effectively exonerated, and Trump, they're still going full steam ahead to try and put him in prison. And this is from, this is from, um, notice, notice something else. Do you hear, Captain? Or not not uh, Jin Psaki, but the Biden's personal counsel there talking about how Joe Biden didn't do anything wrong because he cooperated. Now, let me ask you a question. If I commit murder and then I turn myself into the police, did I commit a crime or not? Shut the hell up, you losers. Uh, so, all right, this is damning as well. So these Biden documents that we've learned about, right? from Robert Herr, which obviously Jen Psaki's not talking about, they actually incriminate Joe Biden because they correlate with the Ukraine timeline. By Ukraine timeline, I mean getting his son a job at Burisma, the firing of Viktor Shokin, the lead prosecutor in Ukraine, looking into Burisma corruption, ergo Hunter Biden corruption. Well, Appendix A of Robert Herr's report provided a table summary and this is Margot Cleveland writing of The Federalist, provided a table summary of the documents recovered. Many of the top secret and classified documents concerned Ukraine during the time frame when Hunter Biden acted as an intermediary between Burisma's owner, Mikola Zlashevsky, and the vice president. Recall that Hunter's business partner, Devin Archer, told the House Oversight Committee that in early March 2014, he met Zlashevsky while in Moscow. And soon after, he and Hunter Biden joined Burisma's board, receiving $83,000 per month. That's a good paycheck, isn't it, Captain? 
I don't know about you. 83000 a month is pretty good money. The following month, Hunter Biden sent Archer an email dated April 13th, 2014, one week before Joe Biden would travel to Ukraine and meet then Prime Minister Arseny Yat- Yatsenyuk, Yats, as he was called. Referring to my guy's upcoming travels, Hunter then elaborated on 22 points about Ukraine's political situation with detailed information about the upcoming election and predicting an escalation of Russia's destabilization campaign. Now listen here, listen closely. This is Drew Allen speaking. All right. Among the material recovered from President Biden's unauthorized storage locales were several top secret and otherwise classified or confidential documents discussing Ukraine. One undated document discussed issues related to Russian aggression toward Ukraine. Another, dated September 17th, 2014, consisted of a memorandum for the vice president from staff members with subject, U.S. energy assistance to Ukraine. His son, Hunter, is getting paid $83,000 a month by a, a Ukrainian energy company. And he's going over there and giving them documents related to U.S. energy assistance to Ukraine that are classified or confidential and other documents as well. Do you understand what a dirty business this is? And Obama knew about this because they had people that were telling the FBI what was going on and they buried it and covered it up. And so Joe Biden is the perfect puppet because he's compromised and he needs the protection of Obama and the DOJ and the Democrat Party. So Joe Biden is the only possible person in America who could be so perfectly manipulated and who would be so content to just sit there on the sideline and do what he's told. So no, there is no plan B. Now I'm not saying something won't still happen, but what I am telling you is that Joe Biden is still the plan. He's still the plan, just like he was the plan in 2020. And those are the reasons why in addition to the kind of ones I read you anyway, that it's just kind of hard and impractical at this point. But Joe Biden's plan A. And if they already were willing to do what they did in 2020, stealing the election, to run a basement campaign, to lie and cover for him like they're doing now, they're just going to do the same thing. Now, Captain, do you think there's going to be a debate between Trump and Biden? No way. No way. And this will be dismissed. You know, the media's already laid the groundwork to justify it, right? Saying that they're not going to give airtime to a dictator. They're going to give airtime to Trump because what he says is dangerous. So they've already laid the groundwork to just say, no, for the good of the country, we're not going to give Trump a platform to lie. That's what they're going to do. So they're going to run a basement campaign. He's not going to go out there and campaign anymore. And they're just going to run on fear-mongering. They're going to run on the tactics of a domestic abuser, gaslighting the American people, telling you what a threat uh, Trump is. It's the same garbage. Exact same garbage. You know, cue up up cut four. These people, I, I just cannot speak about them in harsh enough terms. Adam Schiff, for over a year, 
was the leading snake oil salesman for the Trump-Russia collusion a lie? It was a coup. They knew that there was no evidence of it. Mueller concluded there was no evidence of it. And we, of course, learned in the aftermath that it was a Democrat Party, DNC, Hillary Clinton hit job. They fabricated evidence. They paid for the dossier. They committed a campaign finance violation as well in funding this dossier. And Adam Schiff has never paid a price. Adam Schiff lied and still lies about it. Trump-Russia collusion never happened. You know what's amazing about the whole Trump-Putin narrative, Captain? Is it was actually the Obama administration and Hillary Clinton who had a cozy relationship with Putin. It was actually the Obama administration that lied to Congress in order to make sure that they could sell Putin and the Russians our uranium. Remember Uranium One, that scandal? There were so many. Uranium One. You had Bill Clinton go and deliver a speech in Moscow. He was paid, I believe it was half a million dollars for this speech. And the next thing you know, the Obama administration facilitates a deal in which our uranium, like a third of it, some massive number, was sold to the Russians, a foreign enemy. It was Clinton who went over there famously to Russia with a red reset button to try and reset relations with Russia. And so the idea that Trump is Putin's puppet is laughable. Laughable. Bernie Sanders, you know, the, 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 the Marxist, communist, socialist, Democrat, he went and did his honeymoon in Moscow. These people are the communists. Barack Obama is a communist. Where did they get their communism from? The Soviet Union. That's who, who started infiltrating America to begin with. So all their Marxist ideology comes from Lenin, from Marx, right? These are Soviet Union, Russian communists. They invented this stuff. And they're the people, Sololinsky, Rules for Radicals, that studied this, wrote a book about it favorably, tried to implement a a revolution, a Marxist revolution in America, and Obama's part of that, Hillary Clinton's part of that, and you have them accusing Trump of being in the pocket of Russia. I just can't. You have to be a stupid person to believe this. But go ahead and play cut four, Captain, because here you have Jin Psaki and Adam Schiff now talking about how the Russians are going to interfere in the 2024 election to try and give it to Trump. Go ahead. Are you worried um, that Putin could be attempting and the Kremlin could be attempting to intervene in our election in 2024? And should we all be spending more time talking about that? I am very concerned about it. Uh, it wouldn't be the first time that Russia has intervened in our election. No. It wouldn't be the first time they've done it to try to help elect Donald Trump. Uh, and they have so much more at stake today than they did back in 2016 uh, with the war going on in Ukraine, uh, with uh, NATO enlarging around it. Uh, they feel beleaguered. Uh, and here comes Donald Trump, a real lifeline. They have more at stake. They have less reason to avoid risk. The United States is supporting uh, Ukraine in the war or has been until Trump's influence on the GOP. So they have more at stake now than they did before. They have less risk aversion than they did before. Mm. So, yes, we should fully expect them to engage. It's just a question of how much they engage. Now, he should be censured for what he just said on TV right there. 
This is so disgusting. They already did this in 2016, and now they're already trying to suggest that that Putin is going to help Trump win in 2024. Unbelievable. Unbelievable that this is ha- this happens and is permitted to happen and that people go along with this on the Democrat side. I, I, I mean, it's just, so they're already talking about a potentially stolen election. I mean, they're interfering. I mean, I just, the level of gaslighting, Captain, makes me want to just punch a wall. So here we have a, a story. This is like the second one I've seen, but mail-in ballot fraud study finds Trump almost certainly won in 2020. So over 43% of the 2020 votes were cast by mail, the highest percentage in U.S. history. And you have a study that was conducted, or a, 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 the study was based on data obtained from a Heartland Rasmussen survey in December that revealed that roughly one in five mail-in voters admitted to potentially fraudulent actions in the presidential election. So this is, of course, the biggest story of the year. And will you hear the media talk about it? No, of course not. And this is what I'm talking about with suspension of disbelief. You're supposed to sit here and believe and buy that Biden is running something and fit for office. You're supposed to sit here and buy that the 2020 election was not stolen. It's time to get rid of any suspension of disbelief and be realistic. Because in this new study, the analysts say that after reviewing the raw survey data, subjecting it to additional statistical treatment and more thorough analysis, they now believe they can conclude that 28.2% of respondents who voted by mail committed at least one type of behavior that is illegal and so amounts to voter fraud. That means that, what, more than one in four ballots cast by mail in 2020 were likely cast fraudulently. One in four were illegal? And this is amazing uh, what this gets into, but look, the the researchers analyzed the electoral results for the six swing states, Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Then they calculated the electoral results in the six states under the different scenarios, each with a lower assumed percentage of fraudulent ballots, ranging from 28.2%, right, all the way down to 1% of fraud. For each of the 29 scenarios that they assess, the researchers calculated the estimated number of fraudulent ballots, which were then subtracted from overall 2020 vote totals to generate a new estimate for vote totals. Overall, of the 29 different scenarios presented in the study, the researchers concluded that President Trump would have won the 2020 election in all but three. Specifically, they calculated that the only scenarios that would affirm the official 2020 election result, namely that candidate Biden won, were mail-in ballot fraud levels between 1% and 3% of ballots cast. Mail-in ballot fraud rates higher than 3% would, according to the study, mean more fraudulent Biden votes that should be subtracted from the total putting President Trump ahead. So, for example, the adjustment to the vote tallies under fraud percentage rates between 13 and 6% would mean President Trump would have won Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, though he still would have lost in Michigan and Nevada. So look, this isn't just saying, hey, they stole every state. Look, they're acknowledging that using their consistent data and their formulas based on voter fraud, 
They are still giving Joe Biden Michigan and Nevada. And yet, under this scenario in which Joe Biden still gets Michigan and Nevada, President Trump would have won 289 electoral college votes compared to candidate Biden's 249. So despite all these different scenarios they played through, from worst case to no fraud, basically, the researchers expressed confidence in their overall assessment that the level of mail-in ballot fraud was over 25%. So these people are confident absolutely confident that the voter fraud was over 25%. And so there's no scenario in which Joe Biden actually legally lawfully won the 2020 presidential election. So we have an imposter in the White House. Imposter in the White House. No more suspension of disbelief. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. And, And, you know, I want to say something else about the Robert Hur report. I mean, what did Democrats want? Okay, what, what were the options, Captain? So he could have recommended criminal charges against Joe Biden. Would the Democrats have been favorable of that? Would they have enjoyed that? Of course not. So Robert Hur exonerates him and has to justify it, and he justifies it by saying he's not mentally fit to hold trial. But there was no, I mean, what was the outcome they wanted, Captain? All right, queue up cut uh, five. So this last cut I've got, I just want you to hear Mitt Romney. What a, unbelievable, can you believe this person was a Republican presidential candidate? I mean, he was a loser back then. He couldn't fight. He, He, you know, sorry, he was like McCain in terms of running a presidential campaign. Just a total loser. And... You can see why they're pushing Ukraine right now. It's not just to continue funding this proxy war for their own personal uh, enrichment and other reasons that we don't even can't even begin to comprehend about how nefarious they are. But one of the reasons they're pushing the Ukraine narrative is because they need it for the election year. So as you heard with Adam Schiff and Jen Psaki, they need to tell people that Trump is in the pocket of Putin. So they're saying and spinning, well, by us demanding support and funding Ukraine, we're showing you that we're anti-Putin. So if any Republican opposes funding Ukraine in perpetuity, that person is a friend of Putin. That's the evidence. But the Senate just passed a $96 billion, I believe, funding package to Ukraine. Now, fortunately, House leadership is saying absolutely not. They're not even going to bring it to the the floor for a vote. So that's the good news. But buried in this aid bill to Ukraine from the Senate, which was partially written by Mitch McConnell, the Democrats buried an impeachment time bomb in the fund. Did you hear about this, Captain? So... J.D. Vance and Rand Paul sounded the alarm over this. There's a provision buried in this funding bill claiming it's going to allow Democrats, led by Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, to justify another impeachment against President Donald Trump should he retake the White House in 2024. So not only is this traitorous, this is treason, but you also learned from this that they're not confident that Joe Biden's going to win. 
If they're already putting, trying to sneak something into a bill that's going to give them some leverage over Donald Trump to initiate another impeachment trial, well, that tells you that the deep state's already plotting to get rid of Trump should he be reelected. When he's reelected, I should say. So they did pass it. It was a $95 billion security package. And the vote was 70 to 29. 22 Senate Republicans voted for the package, as did 46 Democrats and two independents. So anyway, 26 Republicans and two Democrats voted no. Unreal. But this is Mitt Romney. Now, I, I, let me just set this up for you. What are the greatest threats to America right now, right? National security, our border situation, the economy, inflation, illegal immigration as it relates to the border. All of these threats. And I want you to hear what Mitt Romney says is the most important vote he's ever cast. Is it for America or is it for a foreign country? Go ahead and play it. The vote we will soon take to provide military weapons for Ukraine is the most important vote we will ever take as United States senators. Tells you everything you need to know. The most important vote they'll ever take as U.S. senators is to fund another country's war. And by the way, whatever your opinion of the Russia-Ukraine war, Ukraine has already lost. Ukraine has already lost. Ukraine was always going to lose. And I've heard figures up to 500,000 people have died, Captain. A generation wiped off the face of the earth for no purpose. No purpose. And we know that this could have been avoided. But for political reasons, the Democrats and Republicans like Mitt Romney wanted 500,000 people to lose their lives for their own political ambitions and purposes. When, when a peace deal was on the table, we've known about this for a long time, and we, the West, the United States, obstructed it, prevented it from going forward. And I want you to know, too, that Zelensky is the Joe Biden of Ukraine. He's a puppet. He's a puppet. The same people controlling and pulling Biden's strings are the same people pulling Zelensky's strings. All right, well, that does it for today. It's been rip-roaring show. Good to be with you again. Again, you can watch the show. Go and subscribe at Rumble, uh, the Drew Allen Show. You can watch it there or just listen like you always do everywhere uh, podcasts are available. And if you haven't picked up my copy or your copy of my book, America's Last Stand, Will You Vote to Save or Destroy America in 2024? It's only becoming more and more relevant by the day. Remember, I uniquely on a field of nobody, by myself, back in October of last year, wrote a book with a premise that 2024 was going to be a rematch between Trump and Biden or some Democrat they might replace him with at the last minute. I had the guts to do it. All right, this is Drew Allen, your Millennial Minister of Truth. God bless you all, truly. And until next time. Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. Allen. Has Drew died Allen. hard conservative. I look to this guy for wisdom.